0: Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thank you so much for joining me on Yoga Birth Babies. Today, we're going to talk all things chiropractic... Chiropractic Adjustments with Dr. Randy Jaffe. So personally, I credit her with my amazing and quick second birth. But before we get into who she is, what she does, and how she helps women have wonderful births, let's talk a little bit about her background. So Dr. Randy Jaffe received her Doctor of Chiropractic degree from the National College of Chiropractic in Lombard, Illinois in 1997. In addition, she has a BA in Biology from the State University of New York in Oswego and and a B.S. in human anatomy, also from the National College of Chiropractic. She has taken numerous hours in continuing education in the areas of prenatal and postnatal care and pediatrics. Dr. Jaffe treats patients of all ages, from infants to seniors, with a special interest in the treatment of children and pregnant women. She is caring and compassionate, and each of her patients emphasizes the educational aspect of your health care, as well as the healing aspect. She is married to her husband, Michael, since 2001 and has two daughters. Dr. Jaffe received regular chiropractic care through both her pregnancies, and her two children have received chiropractic adjustments since birth. So, with that, I just want to welcome Dr. Randy Jaffe. Thank you so much for joining me today and giving me your time and energy and our community your time and energy. Thank you, Deb. So I'm going to jump right in because I've got so many questions because I really do believe in chiropractic care during pregnancy. So first, let's start with, can you explain your work as a chiropractor and what you do with pregnant women, the benefits, and I guess also what differentiates the work you do with pregnant women from just
1: a regular chiropractor? Sure. Uh, just to get started, um, many of my patients were, you know, have seen a regular chiropractor throughout their lives and sometimes seek out a prenatal chiropractor as they um, get into their pregnancy. Sometimes they're even seeing someone during the beginning of their pregnancy and then say, you know what, Um, my chiropractor doesn't have these special cushions or this special table, or they seem really comfortable with me normally, but they just seem to be getting a little um, unsure of what they're doing. So with all due respect to the traditional chiropractor, sometimes it's time to shift um, into someone that, that has... Specific, um, you know, education and continuing education in uh, this work. So we're just very mindful of a pregnant woman's changing body. I have special um, cushions that a patient would lay on when they're on their belly. I also have a special table that um, sort of accommodates the belly as well. So we're really, really safe. The baby and the belly and the mom are all cushioned nicely, um, and we're just very, very mindful of specific. Um, areas such as the, the really weak ligaments that occur during pregnancy. So, uh, you know, just a bit more um, aware of the challenges and the changes in the body during pregnancy. So traditional chiropractors are often, um, you know, very safe and cautious, but as we move on in the pregnancy, sometimes it is time um, both for safety and just comfort level to switch over.
0: Okay, and what are some of the benefits a chiropr- uh, chiropractic adjustment can do for pregnant moms? Well, there's three main areas
1: that um, I would say patients come to me for or, or with different conditions. The first is um, pain. So, of course, you know we think um, of a pregnant woman having lower back pain. So, I would say that's the majority of uh, what I treat is lower back, hips, uh, going into the legs, some sciatica type pain. Um, we also can treat the upper back and neck it kind of sore from all the postural changes, the weight gain. Again, those loose ligaments, um, create just some pelvic dysfunction and just the joints overall get really, really loose. So we can have problems with our ankles and our knees and our hips and our, you know, even our jaw can be a little bit, again, loosey goosey, I call it. Um, so from head to toe, headache, um, uh, pubic synthesis dysfunction, so lots and lots of aches and pains, and that is, you know, a big part of my practice. The second part, um, which I know we'll talk, I think, a little bit about later is the Webster technique, which is where patients will come in with a baby that's not in the correct head-down position, uh, so they'll come in specifically for that. And they may have some pain, and they may have no pain at all. Uh, and then the third type of patient is coming in just for general labor prep. So they're coming in and they say, you know, I may have a little bit of some aches and pains, my lower back, my upper back, but really I'm doing fine. My baby's in the head down position, so that's not an issue, but I just want to come in to help um, facilitate a really smooth and I wouldn't call it an easy birth because no birth is fully (laughs) easy, but um, smooth and safe and uh a no-drama birth, right, so we don't need interventions, uh, we don't have a baby that gets wedged and stuck, um, we don't have back labor, so a lot of women come to me for that specifically back patients, so vaginal birth after cesarean, um, those patients are really, really committed to finding a birth care provider, as you know, right, who are, you know, really in line with helping them facilitate that. Um, that batch birth. so they come in um, with a specific goal in mind of I want to have that batch birth after I have my first birth as a C-section. So that's the sort of the third, um, just labor prep, which is so wonderful. Yeah, I
0: tell, I really believe in that, especially having seen what you did on my own body and knowing and having studied that since then. The labor prep seems like a major piece that people should start to undertake. So I'm going to jump in some of my questions and start to hit some of the idea of labor prep, and then we can go back a little bit. But is there a specific point where if they're looking for a treatment for labor prep specifically, it's not Webster, it's not the aches and pains, but they're thinking, all right, I want my body well aligned, I want my pelvis, my uterus well aligned, at what point should they start to seek this kind of treatment? That is
1: such a great question, and I get that question all the time. And the truth is that it is never too early to start. I truly have patients that come in in the first trimester and they say, you know, nothing's really bothering me yet, but I really just want to get going on having a really healthy pregnancy, preventing the aches and pains, and in the process, preparing for labor. Most people don't know about this work until they get further into their pregnancies. So I would say the majority of patients come in in the second and third tries. And sometimes they come in with the pain. We resolve the pain or make it significantly less intense. And then they stay because as we're working together, I educate them on the fact that this would be great to um, facilitate that smoother birth as we continue forward. So it really sometimes is just patient by patient, but the truth is if we're um, addressing this early on or even before someone conceives, it's great to come in early. And we just space out the visits, so it doesn't mean someone's coming in necessarily every week or every other week. It might even be in that first try once a month. As we move into the second try, maybe a little closer together, and then we increase the frequency as we go. But there's no set um, time. So I would say it's never too early, and it's absolutely never too late. But I do hear all the time, I wish I had come in sooner. (laughs) Every single day I would say somebody says that to me, whether it's for pain, labor prep, baby positioning, um, all of it. So I would say the earlier people learn about this work, Just come in, and then we can alter the schedule as needed. People are busy and work and kids and life, so we figure out a schedule that works for each patient, but never too early to answer your question.
0: Perfect. I love that. So I do mention this because I so believe in it to my students, and this, along with uh, acupuncture, people seem very fearful of, and one thing most people say, is it going to hurt, and is it safe for mom and
1: baby? Can you address that? Yes, and I get that question too. I mentioned before that sometimes people come to me um, already having been to a chiropractor at some point in their life or already going during their pregnancy, but I get so many people that have never been, and I really, really um, take extra care specifically with those patients, to really reassure them that um, everything we do is completely safe for the baby, completely safe for them. There are no contraindications to getting treated. Um, You know, I take a thorough, thorough history, so we may find out that a patient has scoliosis. They may even have um, had scoliosis surgery. They may have had previous herniated discs um, along with surgery as well. So I'm just mindful of that, and we're just very cautious, careful. The adjustments are really, really gentle and safe. But again, getting back to just the brand new chiropractic patients, or maybe brand new during their pregnancy, um, really we take it so slow, and I tell the patient exactly what I'm doing as we do it. But there is usually no pain. I would say there can be a little tenderness or soreness, just like when you're getting a massage or a physical therapy or any other body work. Um, there might be a spot that's a little tender or sensitive, um, and occasionally during an exam I might bring out the pain a little bit. But I would say, for the most part, most patients leave and say, wow. I had a lot of anxiety about coming in and it really, I feel great and it really was much gentler than I thought. And we also accommodate, you know, the patient, I have some patients that come in and say, you know, I really, I once had this experience where a chiropractor did this to me and it wasn't comfortable. Um, and I, we can either eliminate that or kind of ease into it or find another uh, technique that's going to work. So really we take it so we keep communicating throughout. So again, safe for baby and safe for mom.
0: Yeah, I remember very clearly feeling very comfortable in your room and that you were very mindful. You always told me what you were doing, um, explained everything. I also love the fact that you have the cushion so I could lay on my belly. I remember being 40 weeks and be like, I am on my belly and this is amazing. So, yeah, you're yeah, extremely I everyone love
1: that. Everyone loves that. They come in and they say, oh, wow, this feels so good just to be on my belly. I mean, I could probably just leave them there for about a half an hour and be happy with just that, no, no treatment whatsoever. Yeah, maybe uh, a little bit. Uh, yes, a little bit of both. So
0: the reason that, um, again, I'm going back to a little of my personal history of going and finding you, similar to, I think, the VBAC moms. So you know my history, a lot of my listeners know the history, that my first birth was pretty long and arduous, my son's head was slightly asynclitic, which I blame on my many hours and classes of spin class. We can get into that later. But I later understood about injury and constraint, and perhaps I had something to do with that. And then you helped me with that also. So that's what led me to you. Can you explain what that is, injury and constraint, and
1: why we don't want that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it all ties in with um, your pelvic alignment and your sacral alignment. So the sacrum is so, so important, both during uh, the growth of the baby uh, and, of course, during labor and pushing. We want to really align sacrums. Um, we then come around to the front of the body, and we have the round ligaments, which actually attach the uterus into the pelvis. So they sort of are suspension ligaments. So if we picture, um, we picture, like, rubber bands attaching into our uterus and then those rubber bands attaching into our pubic bone in the very front, um, those ligaments are so, so important. So, a lot of times they get tight um, and strained during the pregnancy. They're really short when we're not pregnant. And then, as we continue to grow and the baby's growing, our uterus is stretching, the ligaments get really elongated. It's great if you, I always tell patients to Google an image of the round ligaments, both in a regular, you know, non pregnant. Um, image and then also a pregnant belly and it really really helps to visualize it so well, I, think
0: I can that's like, fine I think, I think of them and describe describe them like tethers to a hot air balloon you know they're the tethers that is, from the perfect. uterus yeah. to the um, to the pelvis and they're a little like suspending and and aligning them that's for some reason that works in my mind
1: Yes, I like that visual. It's really helpful. I'm going to feel that from <laughs> yes, you and use it with my patients. Um, but, yeah, that's perfect. And it really, really, they get really, really strained and stressed because the baby is not sitting there symmetrical, right, in our in our uterus. They're, they're moving. They park themselves on one side more than the other. They're turning. They're moving. So we do get this sort of asymmetry in those round ligaments, and that's where that constraint can occur. So, again, back to your hot air balloon um, analogy, if you think of one of those Um, tether or rope pulling more than the other, Um, that's where we can get the uterus. It's almost just a little rotated and the uterus, just to remind everyone who's listening, it is a muscle so it really can get tight um, we know it contracts, right, to help uh, deliver our baby, but even during the duration of the pregnancy before the onset of labor, it is sort of, there's sort of a tension or tightness that can occur. So in working on those round ligaments when patients come in, we can, and I do that from, you know, I would say about 18 to 20 weeks on. Prior to that, that's just, that's just not, I don't find that they're so tense before that, but at that point, we start working on them and we relieve that tension every time the patient comes in. So we're helping to sustain a more relaxed uterine muscle throughout as the baby is growing. And you know, and I know that there are days where you wake up in the morning when you're pregnant and you feel like, oh my gosh, there was a huge growth spurt just overnight. So again, that continual um, chiropractic care and working on those ligaments and the pelvis and the sacrum helps to maintain um, that optimal alignment and again,
0: Ease that constraint that can occur. Yeah, we want well-aligned babies. That's one reason I keep sending people, especially when they have sacroiliac pain, because something's obviously not aligned. And if the baby's now yeah. positioned, that's where we hear about these really long births. So as a doula, I would attend births that, or even hear about births that were just super quick and then super long, and it's usually baby position. It's not necessarily baby can't fit through pelvis. It's usually baby position. And if the uterus is not constrained in the pelvis well aligned, that's just going to help mom. Cause you know, I think it's worth it to spend a little time at the chiropractor, which is a lovely experience and yeah. have a, a quicker, I wouldn't necessarily say easier, but quicker, more efficient labor than have to deal with trying to move a baby. So, I remember you one time, you had me bring my arms overhead, and just from that, you'd be like, oh, your right round ligament is a little bit shorter. So can you describe a little bit about how you find that, and then also the Webster technique of how you remedy these situations? Sure. Um,
1: the, te- the test that we were doing was actually checking for your psoas muscles. Oh, your okay. psoas. Okay. Yes, yeah. my right so one is chronically glute- tighter. <laughs> Yeah, so we bring your arms up overhead, and that is a test that we do in chiropractic where if the hands, um, we bring them together as if uh, your palms are together as if you're praying, and we tell that if one side is shorter than the other, um, that that psoas muscle or hip flexor is tighter. So there's a technique that we can do to release that. I remember doing that on you. And that's really, really important because, again, all those muscles that are surrounding the uterus and inside the pelvis. We want to be nice and relaxed, and that's tight and tense. And I do find that the muscles during pregnancy really, really compensate for those loose ligaments. So we get a lot of muscle tightness in the glutes and the lower back, those hip flexors, um, even just the leg muscles. So it really, really um, is important to address the muscles when someone comes in to see a chiropractor, or they're doing yoga, or they're going to a physical therapist or a massage. So loose ligaments, tight muscles. Um... As far as determining where the tightness is on the round, look it's really just palpation or feeling for them. So, uh, patient is laying, um, on her back. We have her legs propped up. I have patients on their back very briefly. Of course, it's not too safe to be there too long. I also can prop them up so that they're, um, a little bit sitting up and not fully flat. Um, and then I just basically feel in the front of the hips and the thigh area, um, right kind of where the leg joins up with the hips. Um just for people trying to visualize it, so we can feel actually that tension, and as you do this work for many, many years, which I have been doing, you kind of just get a thick sense of which side is tighter than the other. Um, I always work on both sides, but we tend to spend a little bit more time on that tighter side. um Your other question I think was about the Webster technique just yes. to describe that Yes. okay,. Yes. The Webster technique is a specific chiropractic technique. Um, there was a doctor long ago named Dr. Larry Webster, and he came up with this technique. And basically, it um, involves an alignment of the sacrum, if it is misaligned, or the term we use is subluxated, uh, and then also working on those tighter uh, round ligaments. So those two um, pieces of the technique are what creates more space, more alignment in the pelvis, and that more relaxed. Uh, uterine muscle, and what happens is we basically see what the baby does with that more open pelvis and looser ligaments. And our hope is that the baby's natural inclination, which is to get head down, um, but any malposition other than head down is um, and in that anterior position, as you know, is um, the goal. So we can have a transverse baby, a breech baby a um, right breech baby, a baby that's posterior, which means their sunny side up, which may lend itself to back labor. Um, all of those are good reasons to go see a chiropractor for the Webster technique. And I actually do that technique on every single patient that comes into the office because we're not physically turning the baby. So the technique is not physically turning the baby, but we're creating more space and then the baby can turn on their own. Um, if the baby is already head down, they do not necessarily go free. So, that is a question I get a lot of the time. So, that, um, the Webster technique generally is also in line with the labor prep. Okay. And getting the body ready.
0: So, again, kind of going back to the original idea of making sure baby's well aligned, pelvis is well balanced, baby's well aligned, baby's head down and not posterior. So, smoother labor, yes, yes, smoother labor. I think that's really the ultimate uh, goal for most women. I've never had a woman tell me like I really like to suffer through a long labor. So, yeah,
1: yeah. So you and I hear all the stories about those long labors. Sometimes we go through them ourselves. Yes. My first labor was very long. Your first labor was challenging. Um, so, yes, the, the Webster technique, the chiropractic work, it has been shown to slow down. Uh, I'm sorry, speed up labor time. So less time laboring, right, which we all would like, um, and then also just smoother, right, so less drama where we don't have um, that asymptotic head, which for the patients, people who are listening, um, is that tilted head where the head is basically jamming up against the bone. We don't want a misalign pubic bone or a misaligned sacrum, so all of these things are lending themselves to, you know, less pain for us, smoother transition for the baby. We sometimes forget about the baby in all of this, right, Deb? Yeah. We think about ourselves, our pain, our perineum, are we going to have tearing, are we going to have an episiotomy, are we going to have an epidural, are we going to have a C-section? So it all comes down to our experience, which I think is very natural. I don't think we're being selfish as future mothers. I think we just sometimes think the baby's going to be fine, but the baby is sometimes not fine. There can be a lot of trauma from a long pushing stage or just a long labor um, back labor. They're really jamming up against our sacrum. Um, they can get caught, as we well know, on the pubic bone, as I said a second ago. But, you know, it really, we have to be mindful of the baby's experience, and we don't want them to um, have sort of a neurological orthopedic experience where afterwards they have misalignments, and that can lend itself to a lot of different conditions, colic, reflux, breastfeeding, um, issues. breastfeeding issues, right. So, um, again, just it's, it's, for all of us, uh, as women and birthing moms, to think about, um, and, and the OBs and the midwives and the doulas, we all need to think about the baby's experience as well. So smooth for mom and smooth for baby.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're bringing up a great point about if the baby's misaligned, it's not just the mom going through, it, but what is the baby? What's happening to the baby's body if? They're being, you know, each contraction pushed further down, but their, their spines misaligned. I, my mind went straight to the jaw being affected, the neck being affected for latching. But you brought up colic yeah. as well. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. It's traumatic. For yeah, them. basically
1: they have some irritation to their nervous system, so that can occur. We think mostly about the head and the face. The bones of the face are called cranial bones. Um, their necks, especially if something like forceps or vacuum extraction is utilized, or even just um, a practitioner and OB or a midwife that's doing a lot of pulling, because again, there's this misalignment or maybe the mom's position isn't quite right to create a more open um, path out. Right. So there's so many factors involved, but I do think that the um, that we are e- we equally need to think about both our experiences for our bodies and then also the babies.
0: What kind of work do you do on babies? If you have a mom that came in, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but if you had a mom that came in and she had a bit of a traumatic birth and she senses the baby also had a traumatic passageway out, I'm guessing you work on the mom, but what
1: do you do on the baby as well? Yeah, so sometimes patients will come in with their baby and they will both come in for treatment um it sounds to most people really really scary to bring your baby to a chiropractor which i really really get um it isn't scary once you have it done and once you see what we do it's so very gentle but we're basically checking for any misalignment and any irritation to the nervous system so once we can make um the body work a little bit better um, at optimal function, right, We want the baby working at 100% and we want to be working at 100%, we can um, alleviate a lot of symptoms. So that can be constipation in the newborn, that can be latching issues, um, even just a simple orthopedic condition of torticollis where the head is turned a bit, something the position the baby is in, either in utero or from birth trauma. Um, Reflux is a big one a lot of babies going on medication very early on for reflux which um, I think it's really unnecessary and avoidable most of the time Um, and just those babies that just seem a little bit off they're really gassy or they're just they can't be put down Um, they just are irritable crabby parents are exhausted and those are you know great reasons to bring a baby for some body work so very very gentle light work there is no popping twisting cracking twisting any of that. Um, patients often have that fear. Sometimes mom is really excited to bring the baby in because she's gotten to know me. She knows we've I've educated her on the process. She's maybe seen the baby here. It um, says, oh, they've gotten adjusted. So it feels really comfortable for them. They get a little nervous, but they're mostly um, comfortable with the whole experience or the thought of it. And then um, the partner is often the person who's like, "Ooh, I don't know. So a lot of times I encourage the um, partner to come in. With the patient and the new baby, just so that they can really see and can explain it. And then once people see it, parents see it, they're like, oh, this is, did you really do anything? It was so light. So the work, we did really do something, but the work looks so gentle. And actually, the baby lays on um, either um, mom or partner, um, or sometimes even caregiver, while they're getting checked. And then we have that pregnancy pillow that we put the baby on when they are laying on their back. So they're really super comfortable. Parents are right with the baby and really, really gentle work. And babies respond so quickly. It's pretty amazing. So they are um, new into the world. Their problems have not been there as long as ours have been there. And they usually do really well with just the PC treatments.
0: Yeah, I one time inadvertently had Sage get an adjustment. I went in, she was with me. I went in um, to a chiropractor in the neighborhood because I couldn't get down to because my rib popped out, and mm-hmm. I just had to get it fixed, and she was with me. She might have been, like, maybe almost a year, and the chiropractor said, you know, do you want me to adjust your baby too? And I thought, she's a baby. What could be, what's going on? And she said, you know, right. her... her Sacrum's a little out of alignment. And I thought, of course, she's my child. I have SI issues, my child. (laughs) But I was surprised and, and quite happy about how well Sage reacted to it and how gentle it seemed. She laid on my chest, she gently just felt the back and did a little adjustment. So ever since then, also speaking with you, I realized that babies really can benefit quite nicely from this from getting an adjustment. So I'm gonna switch a little bit back to the prenatal experience. So thinking about the community we're talking to, usually pregnant women thinking about a smoother birth, a little bit back to the idea of the intrauterine constraint and well aligned bodies. What can a woman do at home to help keep her body aligned? So she's been to you or another chiropractor, if she's not in the area, she's getting alignment, she's doing her yoga. What else do you think she could do?
1: Um, that is a great question. Um, So one of the things that's just really, really easy that helps um, continue to keep that sacrum aligned throughout the pregnancy and then, of course, always leading up to labor and pushing is just sitting at 90-degree angles. So a lot of us tend to do what I call sacral sitting, right? So we lean down in the chair and we're literally sitting on our sacrum and our tailbone. So we're kind of slumped down with bad posture. So if you picture your butt coming right to the back of the chair and just sitting up straight, um, with the little, the both feet on the floor, it makes a huge difference. So whether you're on the subway, whether you're on a bus, whether you're in your car, whether you are sitting at work, um, eating a meal in a restaurant, 90 degree angles. So we're never going to be 100% perfect with that. We may find ourselves doing that sacral sitting slouchy thing. Um, but what I tell patients is don't beat yourself up about it. Just up, remember. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be sitting in that better posture position and just come right out of it. Um, the only time you get a free pass on that desk, which just to um, you probably know this already, but just to tell your students, um, is when you're on your couch or in your bed. You can prop yourself up with some cushions and really, you know, get into that not so great posture, which is fine because you're on a soft surface. So again, harder surface, regular chair, ninety degree angle. Okay. Um, some of the other things to do are. Um, I think it's really important to stay active. Um, you know, I think your work is amazing. Having people just walking is amazing. Um, but some of the classes that people take and some of the exercises people participate in can really, really compress the sacrum. So you mentioned your spinning before. I am an avid, avid spinner myself, and I get the whole appeal. free cardio. Um, it is safe during pregnancy. I do tell people. It down a little, but I really recommend people limiting it to one, maybe two times a week. Getting a gel feed, um, it's just again compressing the sacrum. So, I have some patients, and I'm sure you can relate to you know, our five times a week at soul cycle or a flywheel or some other spin class, and that's again compressing that sacrum for that 45 minutes or hour class. Um, many times a week. So we can minimize it. um, Some patients say, you know what, I'm just going to eliminate the spin for the pregnancy. But if you really love it, I say, you know, one or two times a week is fine. A gel seat will help to ease that pressure.
0: Yeah, that was me, five times a week. And it's funny (laughs) what I I would never tell a student. I'd be like, that's ridiculous. Kind of, I don't know if you live like this, but sometimes I'm a much better uh, teacher, advice giver than I am a taker of my own advice and teachings. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) what about one thing I also feel and I've done some of these classes granted I used to be a dancer but um, like bar work there's such external rotation that I feel like it's uh, really tightening the buttocks and over tightening the hamstrings and and compressing the sacrum and again I don't want to poo-poo any of this because I think moderation but that's one that sticks out into my mind that exacerbates that external rotation that pregnant women are already dealing with
1: I am um, with you. I love the idea of bar class. I think it's great when you're not pregnant. Um, but I and a lot of my pregnant patients do it, but I do find that the external rotation and that repetition of really fatiguing those those small muscles, well the glutes and then the performance, the abductors, abductors, all those muscles just um are, it feels like they're overstrained, and we already have this tension on the muscles that we talked about earlier. The ligament laxity, um, instability. I haven't really talked so much about it, about that yet, but you know, it all ties in that there's a We have a very unstable pelvic system going on, right, when we're pregnant, and then add on these bar classes that are a good hour of really fatiguing those those crucial muscle, muscles. So I find it just exacerbates the instability. So I tell people again, moderation. If they if they want if they're to do the bar class, they're really addictive, they love it, I say keep it to once a week and then play with it see how it feels if it really aggravates your, your low back or your sciatica or your baby again is in a malposition as you get toward the end of the pregnancy, um, you know eliminate the class, it's just not worth it but I do see a lot of pain with pain syndrome after bar class, like people are doing really well we're getting better um, we're getting things more stabilized uh, pain is decreasing, patient's able to do more, oh, I can take my son to the park, I can walk 20 blocks, and then they go take the bar class and it sort of kind of undoes a lot of the, the progress we've made. So, again, I'm with you. I think, um, you know, being active during pregnancy is great, but I would say to play it by ear and kind of patient by patient. In your case, right, you see what the students, how they're doing. But if someone can tolerate it, I think it's fun. It's when you start to see... Um, the unraveling of Mm -hmm. that pelvic alignment and stability, then we know it's not quite right. And there's always, you know, the rest of your life to get back to whatever activity you need to decrease during the pregnancy. I have to remind my patients that I'm sure you have to do the same, Mm -hmm. right? Even for ourselves, right? Sometimes it's like, all right, if we can't run, um, if that aggravates things during pregnancy, then it's okay. We just have to find other things and we'll get back to it. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University.
0: Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. What about running? You just brought that up. What about running? How do you feel that is for the sacrum, for the pelvis, for the round ligaments during pregnancy? I really
1: think it's... Patient by patient, uh-huh. and person by person. Really, um, some people, I have a woman that I just saw yesterday who um, has an almost one-year-old, her second child, she's a, um, an elite runner, and she ran from the beginning until the end and very quickly postpartum and it's totally fine. She does come in for regular adjustments. She takes a really great care of her body, no issues. However, she did have a breech baby. I will <laughs> give you that. Um, so... I think that was due to her abdominal muscles actually being so tight and um, developed, actually. But um, she ran with no major pain, and she did well with her running. And she did actually end up having a vaginal natural birth. Um, So I would say it really depends on the person. Most women, I find, do tend to stop at some point because they just feel it. They know when it's time. You know, they'll be running throughout, and then let's say it's 28 weeks. 30, weeks. So when I'm doing the history with someone, they will say to me, you know, I was running up until, you know, two weeks ago, and I just felt it was time to stop. Um, most of the time, unless someone is a seasoned runner and, a uh, you know, really knows what they're doing, listening to their body and tune with their body, I do think it does create some strain and some stress um, on those. Remember, there's all that instability, mm-hmm. and now we're pounding on those joints.
0: Those so again, it's eight, eight by everything.
1: Yes, yes. So, you know, I mean, what are your thoughts on the running? How do you feel with Uh, your...
0: I agree with you. I do also think about the hormones that are relaxing everything. I will say that I'm not a runner. I tried it a few times, and I just don't have a taste for it. I'm just pretty impressed that with that belly pulling forward and the sway in the back that women can keep running. Um, You know, I do think it's hard on the lower back and can cause some torquing. But I'm not well studied in this, so I really take what you're saying, you know, if they have, if they're an elite runner, they really understand, they have good technique, I guess, running. But I would think mm-hmm. it would be, I just keep thinking of that, the utero sacral ligament just kind of pulling the uterus forward, pulling yeah. the sacrum with this belly yeah. shifting forward. But that's not really my specialty, but it does seem like uh, at some point you may want to put it off to the sideline. But I, go, I guess I could also go back to... Yeah. My, the tight psoas situation, running, spinning, all yes. that tightens the psoas, and we want that kind of a, a juicy muscle um, to keep everything well aligned. So, yeah, maybe you yes. lay off so that.
1: I'm regularly showing people a psoas stretch. Um, so, I do find that, uh, you know, keep this, the psoas muscles are just tight on everybody. You know, one of the other things I wanted to touch on, which the psoas leads me into this, is just the fact that women are sitting. So much more than you know 30 40 50 years ago we were just moving more we were more active um, even though it was a less active time people didn't exercise as much but there wasn't this whole you know sitting at the computer for five hours in a row mm-hmm. three hours in a row you know on these you know work all day so the fact that so many women are working throughout their pregnancies I do see I think that there are, are more breached babies because of that or, or babies that are not in the, the correct alignment um, prior to birth. Um, yeah, and I talked to a mentor of mine, the woman who taught me the Webster technique. She and I were having a conversation uh, a while back when I was at a post grad class, and she agreed. She said, You know, I just really think women are sitting and sitting and sitting for hours where we didn't used to do that many, many years ago. And this has been going on for quite a while, but there's you know, so many pregnant women working and so sedentary. So we're talking a lot about exercise, but the flip side of that is just being on that sacrum all day long. So I do encourage people to get up and move and set a timer for every hour or so, especially as they get into the third try. Um, I love the idea of bringing a um, therapeutic exercise ball to work um, if they have the space. I do like people to alternate, so the ball and then the chair and then the ball, because the ball does not have um, any support for your low back, so it's great for an hour or so. And then alternate. If you're just doing some computer work at home with the ball, it's really wonderful. Uh, and then also getting a little cushion for the chair. Um, I have one in my office that I love and I tell people, go on Amazon. Amazon Prime two days, you'll have this great, great um, cushion that really helps the to take
0: I've seen actually at a yoga studio I worked at once, um, they had a ball with a base and a back to it. So if yeah, you that's a little great. support. That
1: is great. Yeah, so somebody has come up with that great idea, which is good. Because there isn't that low back support, whether you're pregnant or not, if you're using a ball to do um, any type of work at a desk or a computer, you're not providing that lumbar of support. So if people can find that, that's ideal.
0: So we've got some good tips so far. So let's just kind of review. So we have good posture seeing a chiropractor from as soon as they want, um, looking at their everyday exercise and maybe adding certain things like prenatal yoga, that's a little plug, I'm going to admit that, or omitting some certain things. Uh, What other takeaway tips can our listeners think about?
1: Um, There's a really wonderful break that I like, I don't have the name of it in front of me, but um, I usually refer patients to Amazon and they order it, or um, we have them here uh, as well, but it's a really nice um, lumbar support brace, and it um, goes underneath the belly and lifts the belly up. So I find that to be so helpful with pubic symphysis dysfunction um, and severe pain, lower back pain, and just um, especially in, I see it, I use it a lot in, um, all pregnancies, first, second, third, but I find um it's especially helpful when people um have subsequent pregnancies after the first. So think of a mom who's um pregnant with her third, completely depleted, exhausted, um, unable to find time to go to yoga and the chiropractor and all these other things. You know, they make it, but they make it much less frequently than they're pushing probably
0: seventy pounds of two kids together on a stroller. Yeah. So Yeah.
1: There you go. So that brace comes in really handy. And actually, for the, we were just getting back to the running for a second. Um, if it's not as hot as it is today, um, you could actually run, um, if the person is into running and comfortable running still, as we discussed, um, wearing that brace might give them a little bit of a lift in the belly. So it goes underneath the belly and around the back. It comes in, two, it has two pieces to it with Velcro. So, um, yeah, so really, really, really wonderful.
0: There's some great options yes. if someone wants to continue their running practice if their body feels good. So lastly, where can people find you? If someone, or if they can't find you, what would you suggest they look for in a chiropractor? So first, where can they find you?
1: Okay, so me, it's just my online. I'm working on revamping my website, so it's still, the old one's still up there, but it's fine. It's um, just drrandyjaffe.com. So it's D-R-R-A-N-D-I-J-A-F-F-E dot com. And I'll make sure Um, that's in our show
0: notes too. That's what? I'll put that in our show notes as well so that people can find Uh, that. And then what if someone can't find, if someone's not living here in the city, what what should they look for in looking at a chiropractor to make sure that they're well qualified to work with pregnant women?
1: Um I'm often referring people out because I have a lot of transient patients, you know, people moving to other states, other cities, other parts of the New York area. Um, and I have a wonderful website to refer people to. Um, and it's called the ICPA the number 4 kids.org. Um it is I believe linked on my website So it's International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, Um, and they have a spot where you can find a doctor, and all of the doctors on there have taken some sort of um, postgraduate classes in prenatal, in uh, pediatrics, some are certified in the Webster technique. some have a certification in pediatrics, but they all tend to be very family-friendly, pregnancy, postpartum, pediatric focused. and you can click in the uh, number of miles that you want to go, five miles, ten miles. And then you can go to these doctors' websites. So in what to look for, um, you kind of get a feel. I know you can't be, you know, go straight off someone's website, but you do get a feel for what they specialize in. If they have one little page on pregnancy and the whole rest of the website is sports-related, then you kind of know, uh, I'm not so sure. Um, I really, really encourage people to go, especially if they move to a new city or they've just had a baby or they're just pregnant they're not really sure go on these mom blogs and mom um facebook pages i have a lot of patients who find me on all different um you know basically the internet but through mom groups so really really basically like asking your friends for a referral but um you know you're getting someone who's been to, to that person before so and i always say try someone out if you have a bad experience go find someone else if you go to a bad dentist You don't say, I'm never going to go to the dentist again. (laughs) I tried it once. I'm good. I didn't like it. Um, You go find someone else. So ask around. It's always great to get a referral. And especially you utilize your pregnancy and mom community just like people use prenatal yoga center for all their wonderful resources from you and your staff.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I'm so glad to have a chance to speak with you today. I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. I truly support and believe in what you do because ultimately we want moms to have a more empowered, smoother, would you say non dramaful uh, birth. And I think the work you do really helps women achieve that. So thank you for what you do. Uh, I think the community is really going to get a lot out of this. Um, and then just also I want to remind our listeners, if you liked this, please go on to iTunes or Stitcher and rate and review us. And check out the next ones coming up and re-listen to this if we missed something and read the show notes because Dr. Jaffe really has some wonderful tips. Well, thank you so much, Randy, and I will chat with you another time. Thank you for having me. All right. Be well. Bye, everyone. (laughs) This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.